listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast, where you'll hear great ideas, insight, and inspiration to level up your leadership ability. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. I am John Barrett back with you once again. It is so good to be sharing with you and adding value to you as a leader. I hope it's helping. I hope it's helping you level up so you don't level out in your influence and your impact. So today we are going to talk about how to make great decisions. Now, notice I said how to make great decisions, not just how to make decisions. See, everyone makes decisions, but not everybody makes great decisions. In fact, some people make not so great decisions. We all know that. In fact, you probably have people in your life that you look at and you think, why do they always choose the wrong decision? Why do they always make bad choices versus the good ones? And then you can also probably look at some people in your life and say, they just seem to make really great choices all the time. Now, why is that? Well, we're going to break that down today. I'm going to help you with six steps, six ways that you can make great decisions. Now, the average person, they say, makes 35,000 decisions per day. That's crazy. 35,000 decisions per day on average. I mean, what you're going to wear, what route you're going to take, what you're going to do, what time, what you're going to eat. I mean, all these different things, even kind of subconscious choices that we're just kind of making even in the back of our mind, uh, just responding to certain circumstances. And the reality is this, all of life is responding to circumstances and deciding what to do, right? I mean, we're doing that at all moments. Literally, you could almost say every second we are responding to circumstances and we're deciding what to do to sort of move forward from that. So some people make great decisions, some don't. How do we make great decisions? That's what we're going to dive into today. Let me read to you a great um, quote by one of my favorite uh, coaches and authors and just leaders, John Wooden. John Wooden said this. I love it. There's a choice you have to make in everything you do. So keep in mind that in the end, the choice you make makes you. I love that. Isn't that good? I mean, keep in mind that in the end, the choice you make makes you. So our choices literally make or break our future. I mean, our choices take us somewhere. We just want to make sure that our choices and decisions are taking us to the right place, not the wrong destination. In fact, when you get to a wrong destination, it's probably because you made a wrong decision somewhere. I mean, you you made a wrong choice somewhere, whether you intended to or didn't intend to, or whether you knew it or didn't know it, it was a choice that got you there. So all of life is responding. So six ways that you can start making great decisions and better decisions in your life, all right? Here we go. Number one, stop making so many decisions. That's right. How do you make great decisions? Well, number one is stop making so many decisions. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, here's the thing. There's this phenomenon in psychology called decision depletion, that the more decisions that you make throughout the day, the more depleted you have to cognitively think through that and make good quality decisions and choices. I mean, we, we if you think about it, when you start the day, so to speak, let's just say you've got 100% kind of battery life for decision making. But the more that you use that, just like your phone or a device, the more that battery gets drained if you don't recharge it. And so what happens is, is that as you're going throughout your day, the more decisions that you make, especially big decisions and robust decisions, 
the less battery life you have, the less power and the ability you have to make really great decisions. Now, uh, Daniel Pink wrote a great book, a great author called When, The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. It's a fascinating book. You need to go check it out. But it's all about when we do things and, and, and the power of aligning when we do what we do. But he talks in there about all different industries and all these different studies. What was fascinating to me and, and what my one of my big takeaways was that if I'm going to go in the surgery, I want to make sure I'm one of the first scheduled of the day. That's right. He talked about the studies that as surgeons did more surgeries throughout the day, that the quality typically on average gets a little bit less. And so you want to be kind of in the first beginning stages of those surgeries because that's when they're making really great decisions. And that's when, um, you know, all the, the safety measures are really at the highest. So, I, you know, but there's all kinds of other great, fascinating things in this book that you'll take away from. But it just goes to show that we make better decisions when we're not depleted. Right. And, and, and that's so important because you are making so many decisions throughout the day. And I think so many times as leaders, we're making really, really big decisions, but we're depleted and we've made so many. So here's what I want to challenge you with is, is this idea that every decision should be made at the lowest level possible. Listen, if you as the leader are making all the decisions in your organization, you are going to suppress your ability to, to level up and grow. You're going to suppress others around you, their ability to grow and develop and think for themselves and, and become leaders themselves. And you're going to ultimately suppress the organization's effectiveness overall because it's all dependent on you making every decision. Listen, decisions should be made at the lowest level possible. That means that when someone comes to you and they ask you, hey, boss, hey, leader, what should we do here? You do not just give them the answer and just say, here's what we're going to do. No, no, no. You've got to slow down. Listen, leaders are not answer people. They are question people. I mean, they should be questions type people, right? I did a whole podcast on this called Lead with Questions. The whole idea of how the, the old traditional model is to lead with answers. But, but effective leadership today is a lead with questions. You've got to empower people. You've got to let them make the decisions as often as you can. So you've got to say, hey, what do you think we should do about this? What's your recommendation? What do you think the route forward is? What do you think the best move for us to do in this scenario is? And you engage them and try to get them to make decisions, not only for their development, but so that you aren't making every decision. You've only got so much in your tank throughout the day, and you want to save that for important things that you can do. So here, here's my challenge to you, is make a decision limit. That's right. Simplify so that you can stop making so many decisions in your life, right? I mean, they've done this with workouts and things like that with health. I mean, they say, listen, when you lay out your clothes in the morning and you already get the playlist ready and you know what you're going to do, you're more likely to follow through in the morning because you don't have to make all those decisions to talk yourself out of it. How many times maybe you wake up and if you wanted to go do a workout, you say, oh, I don't know. I don't know where my clothes are. Maybe they're dirty and I don't want to go find them, figure out what to wear. I don't even know what I'm going to do, what workout I'm going to do. I'm not even sure. And if we're not careful, we'll just it, we'll, we'll stop doing it because it's, it's too much. We have to make too many decisions. But the more you can simplify and stop making so many decisions in your life, the better it is. Listen, there's been all kinds of studies why Steve Jobs always wore the black turtleneck, why Mark Zuckerberg always wears the blue T-shirts and that. In fact, they've asked them and they've done research on this and they say, listen, it's so that they don't have to make so many decisions. 
I mean, that was their trademark look. They just said, listen, my whole closet's full of it because I don't want to have to figure out what I got to wear every day and spend forever trying to do it. So it's fascinating that high-level productive people many times simplify their life so that they're not making so many decisions. So make the decision before you have to make the decision, right? Make a decision limit on your day. Figure out things that you've got to do so that you don't have to make the decision in the moment and spend all that energy and time. So stop making so many decisions. Number two, create a decision clock. That's right. Figure out what you need to, to make the decision. Figure out when you need to make the decision. I mean, think about this. I mean, when do I need to make the decision? Uh, that question should come up on the front end all the time. If somebody asks you to do something, I mean, one of your first responses should be, when do I need to make that decision by? When do you need to know this by? You need to know that immediately. I see a lot of people that spend a whole lot of time making decisions in the moment and they're stealing other things they could be doing because they've got time to make that decision. But because somebody requested it and asked it, they just stopped everything they were doing to make that decision. No, no, no. You say, when do you need this by? You need to know what you're dealing with on the clock. Listen, your brain needs boundaries and deadlines. I mean, you need to know when you need to make this decision. When is the clock? I mean, when's the decision clock? It's kind of like in sports. Imagine if we didn't have a timer. And we didn't know how much time was left in the game and in the quarter and all that. No, no, no. That helps us to know where we're at and how we need to adjust. If we need to kick it in the gear, if we need to say, oh, we got some time here. Let's be patient. Right? I mean, that, that clock tells us everything about our performance. And it's the same with your decisions. You should make decisions based on what the clock is kind of saying. And what I mean by that is when is the deadline? Listen, your brain needs boundaries and deadlines. Listen, you can get stuck in analysis and indecision. We all know this, right? We can get stuck there if, and, and we, we get indecisive because we, we don't have a deadline to make the decision. And we're just constantly thinking about it going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So listen, give yourself some boundaries and deadlines. So here's my challenge to you is literally make a decision deadline. That's right. Mark a moment on the clock and give yourself a target for every decision that you've got to make, especially the big ones, to be able to say, listen, when do I need to make this by and when am I going to challenge myself to make this decision? Even if someone's not giving you the deadline, you should create your own deadlines. You know, so many times we're faced with something and we think, oh, what should I do? And we're just not sure. And if we're not careful, we'll avoid making the decision because it's just too hard to think through. And we'll wait until the very, very, very last second to do it in that. But listen, if you'll just tell yourself, listen, I'm going to give myself six hours to make this decision. So at four o'clock this afternoon, I'm making the, the decision and, and that's what I'm going to do to move forward. Give yourself a specific mark, a, a, a tick mark on the clock, on the calendar that you're going to make this decision by. I'm telling you, it, it'll help tremendously in your life. So create a decision clock. Number three, don't make decisions alone. That's right. Don't make decisions alone. So many times we make bad decisions because we're making decisions in a vacuum. And we need others. We need some input. We need to be able to open ourselves up. Listen, there's a great ancient proverb that, that Solomon wrote. And, and, and it talked about that there's, there's wisdom in the counsel of many, many advisors. So when you get the right advisors in your life, there is wisdom. So many people don't make great decisions because they don't have great counsel and wisdom and, and advisors around them that can help them. Listen, you've got to seek out input and recommendations from others. 
You, this is why we need mentors and coaches and an and inner circle in every domain of our life. doesn't matter what it is, whether it's our personal life, professional life, financial life, relational life, whatever it is, we should have people that can help speak into that and help us make the right decisions. So listen, teamwork is essential for decision making. If you are a leader that is making decisions in a vacuum alone by yourself, you are limiting being able to make even better choices. So you've got to bring outside voices into the decision. That's right. You've got to bring people at times into this thing. And that's why you ask. Great leaders always are are relying on those around them saying, what do you think we should do here? What do you think I should do in this scenario? How do you think I should respond to this? What do you think is the best route forward here? Let Let me help you understand where I'm at and what I'm faced with. Listen, great leaders are very open and very willing to go to advisors and mentors and coaches and people around them. It's those that aren't at that level that don't do that. Those that think they can just make decisions and they're a great decision. I don't need anybody around me to do that. That's such a low level of thinking. No, no, no. If you want to go study the high level thinkers, the great people that are out there, they, they, they network and they connect with other like-minded people and they get that wisdom, they get that counsel and they get that advisory team. So here's my challenge to you. Make a decision team. Now, Here's what I want to say is you need to think who needs to be on your team. I mean, who needs to be the decision makers in your life? Now, think about the different domains or categories uh, of your life and think about creating a team around that. Here's what I mean by that. There are people in my life that, that I go to, that I look up to, that are kind of like mentors for my family. I mean, for me being a, a dad, being a husband, and, and I look to them and they're, they're kind of my advisory and mentor about family. But I have different people about my finances, right? Other people that are much more have expertise in that and are much more fluent on that, and they're able to speak into that. So I've got some mentors in my life that are very financially successful, and I go to them and I open up to them about the future and my finances and where I'm going, and they help mentor me and do that. My business, I do that. My career, fitness, right? There are people in my life that I'm not going to go to to get advice on my fitness, right? But there are that I'm going to that have expertise in that. So you could go on and on, but I would encourage you to think of the different domains of your life and ask yourself, do you have a counsel? Do you have an advisor? Do you have a coach or a mentor for each one of those categories? Think about that. Most people do not, and they don't have anyone they're going to. So my question to you is, who do you go to when you have issues in your family? Who do you go to when you have issues with your finances? Who do you go to when you have issues in your leadership and your business? Who do you go to about your fitness? Who do you go to about your health? Who do you go to about your relationships and these things? I mean, I could go on and on, right? But you need to have different people for each category. I'm telling you, this is huge. Highly successful people surround themselves with all kinds of other successful people that can speak into the different domains of their life. So don't make decisions alone. Try to lean on a team and make a decision team. Number four is this, discover the data. That's right. If you're going to make great decisions, you need to get the data. You need the information. You need to, to, to get as much as you can to make a good decision. Right? I mean, you want to make sure that you're really thinking about this. I mean, you know, we, we've, got to, we've got to put forth effort into getting the data. Listen, now you've got to determine what you need to make the decision. What is it? 
What what it, what are the specs? What are the metrics? What are the the things that you need to make a really good decision? And you need to figure out what's the root data that will help you with the decision. I mean, there's a lot of data out there. I mean, you could, you know, in fact, you need to be careful that you don't get data diluted. So many people get almost kind of, they, they get out of balance here and they want so much information. They have to know everything before they make the decision. No, 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 don't, don't get too crazy with this where it becomes a limit, but you need to get to the root data. Like what is the main thing that I need to know to make this decision? You need to measure that. Okay, listen, it's the Pareto principle. I mean, the, the Italian con- economist, Vilfredo Pareto, um, he, he had this, uh, the 80-20 rule. You've heard this before, right? And basically, he was an economist, Italian, Italian economist, that, that basically began to realize that, wow, uh, you know, 20% in my garden of, of, of the crop produce 80% of, of everything that I have. Right. I mean, that that was the most important thing. He said, you know, the reality is, is is that 20 percent in your organization are probably doing 80 percent of the work. Right. I mean, 20 percent of the people on your team are really high, highly effective doing 80 percent of the work. So you you know this. You've heard the 80 20 principle and all that. If you've not, you need to research it. It's phenomenal. But it's the whole idea that that 20 percent of of what you need to know will 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 give you 80 percent of 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 the result. I mean, you only need that 20%. I mean, if you can f- extract that, then you can make your decision, right? 20% always impacts the other 80%. So in this whole idea of the 80-20 rule, what is the data that you need? What is just the 20% that will give you 80% of what you need to make the decision, right? The 80-20 kind of principle here. So I'm going to ask you, do you know what needs to be measured? What needs to be counted? What needs to, uh, what really matters? I, I love what Einstein said. This is interesting. He said, not everything that counts can be counted, and not everything that can be counted counts. Let me re- read that again. That's good. Not everything that counts can be counted, and not everything that can be counted counts. Now, that's a balance there of getting the data. So you got to make sure that that you get the right kind of um information to make the right decisions that you need to make. So here's my challenge. Make a decision database. Now, here's what I mean by that is write out the data. Untangle your thoughts. Listen, when you're trying to make a good decision, you need to literally get out a pen and paper or do whatever you can to get things out on paper. Get the data. Write it out. What do I need? What what are the things here? What's the pros? What's the cons? You've heard that before, right? I mean, you know, this is just simple, right? But you've got to write it out and untangle your thoughts. So many times we're making decisions with all these ideas floating in our head, but we're not really looking at the data with our eyes. So listen, the more complex, the more you have to get clarity on it. So sit down and write out columns of, hey, what would be the right thing? What would not be the good thing? What's the information? What do I have here? What, what is known? What is unknown about this, right? And there's all kinds of tools to do that, but make a decision database. And what I mean by that is not a traditional database, but your own kind of mind map or just your own process of dumping out all the data that you've got and all the data and questions that you may need to get in order to make the right decisions, okay? All right, number five is this. Uh, Think two steps ahead. If you're going to make great decisions, you need to start thinking two steps ahead. You've got to be strategic in your decision making. You can't just make a decision for the moment. 
you've got to think what are the ramifications of this decision later on. So not one step. No, no, no. If you only think one step ahead, you're too late. No, no, you got to think two steps. What do I mean by that? You've got to think, okay, if I make the decision, what's going to happen? That's one step ahead. That's what most people kind of do. Not all, but some do. But then the strategic people are even go a whole nother, you know, the extra mile. And they say, okay, if I make decisions, then what's going to happen? Then what would I do with what has happened? That's two steps ahead, right? So you're thinking always two steps ahead. So play out the outcome and then ask yourself, then what decision will I need to make? Then what will need to happen after I make that decision? Listen, I'm amazed. I just um, was was reading the other day about uh, these financial investment companies that run thousands of simulations every day based on the market. They're constantly running all kinds of hypothetical simulations of what could happen for every decision, every investment. It's phenomenal. In fact, they get thousands of readouts a day and they have analysts that are going through looking at all this and boiling it down to give scenarios. They're constantly doing this. They have algorithms that they're doing. Now, there's you would be amazed if we could pull back the curtain in some of these tech industries, of, of, in, in the tech industry of what they're doing, where they're literally computing these simulations of two steps, three steps, four steps ahead. It's phenomenal. And it's giving them incredible data to be able to make the decision. So listen, we if we make a decision, we've got to ask ourselves, what happens next and what decisions will I need to make then, right? So we are always thinking possibility pathways, right? We're always thinking what could happen? What if I did this? What if we did that? What are, what are the options, right? And listen, when you make decisions, you better give yourself options. Listen, I don't care if they're good, they're bad, or indifferent. You need to lay out all the options in front of you. And if you're presenting to somebody to make a decision, you need to give them options. Not too many options, right? This isn't like the Cheesecake Factory. We've got, you know, a 75-page menu, and you could be there all day trying to figure out what you're going to eat, right? No, no, no. This is just a few options, okay? But you need to, to, to walk through it. Think through the different possibilities, whether or not they're good or not, because you need to know what you're dealing with, Right? I do this a lot in my coaching uh, sessions with people where I have them think through different possibilities. When I coach, I work on laying out the paths very quickly. Well, hey, you, you know, you've got an issue with this employee. Well, here's the deal. You could do nothing. That is an option. It's not a great option, but you could do nothing and hope that it goes away. All right, so that's one option. Number two is you could deal with it head on pretty, pretty aggressively, pretty strong, but what's going to happen if you do that? Or the other option is you could just go in and seek first to understand and then be understood. Just try to figure out and, and, and see what's going on and kind of go from there. Those are really your three options. I mean, that's it. So let's talk about each one, right? I mean, you, you've got to boil down your options, good, bad, or indifferent. So many times we're trying to look for the perfect decision that we don't actually just lay out all the different options. So I want to encourage you when you're faced with a decision, thinks two steps ahead. Well, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. And if I do that, what's going to happen? What decision will I need to make then? Right? So here's the deal. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Make a decision premonition. And what I mean by that is play out scenarios in your head. I mean, get that premonition for the decision. Think down the line. Think more than one step. Think two steps. Be like a strategic chess player. 
be ready for the future. A chess player, master chess player, is always looking at not just the next move, they're looking at what the opponent's going to do, the different scenarios that they're going to do, and they they say, okay, they're going to do one of three things. More than likely, they're going to do this. If they do that, then I'll counter here, and then I'll move over here with the queen, and then I'll move the bishop over here, and then the knight and the rook, and here we are, you know, and, and they're constantly strategizing all these different steps. In fact, you could argue they're thinking four, five, six steps ahead. So think like a strategic chess player. Be ready for the future. Always be reading. Lay out the different options. When I play chess, my daughter and I, we love to play chess, and I'm not great at it, but I'm decent. And I love just the process of, of you know, thinking, okay, if I move here, what are they going to do? And more than likely, what's the next step? And then what are they going to do there? And then what would I counter with in here? And I love just challenging myself to think through that because it's hard. And, and most people don't do it. They give up because it is too hard. But if you want to be strategic and you want to be successful in your life and your leadership, then you have got to think two steps ahead. All right, last one is this. Number six, be fully alive. That's right. Listen, you've got to be at your best when you're making decisions. Kind of goes back to the very first thing we said with, you know, stop making so many decisions, right? The decision depletion, right? But here, you've got to be fully alive. Listen, you need to make decisions when you're at your best. Don't make decisions in the dumps. You never make good decisions when you're in the dumps. I mean, don't make knee-jerk reaction decisions when you're angry, upset, hurt, this. I mean, whatever it offended, that, uh, you know, confused. I mean, don't, don't make decisions out of emotion, okay? Now, emotions always affect our decisions, right? Anyone that says otherwise is lying to you. I mean, we're, we're, we're emotional creatures. We just are. We're logical and we're emotional. But you got to make sure that you're not just making decisions purely on emotions. Just like you need to make sure you're not making decisions purely on just logic, right? You've got to bring some emotion into it. We're not just robots, but we've got to have a balance there. But definitely don't make decisions when your emotions are in the dumps, when you are upset, mad, angry, hurt, offended, whatever it is. All right, do not do that. Listen, when we're in the valley of life, we need to learn when we're in the valley. But we make decisions on the mountaintop, right? Don't get that backwards. I mean, when you're in the valley, you don't make the decisions. No, no, no. You learn in the valley and you make decisions on the mountaintop. All right, that's when, then, when you're at your best. So don't be reactive, but slow down. Clear the emotional debris of what's going on and begin to think, okay, I need to get others involved in this. I need to create a deadline of when I'm going to make the decision. I'm, I'm not going to make it alone. How can I get the, the others involved in the process? What is the data that I need? Maybe I'm really upset here, but I don't have all the data. Maybe I don't have the full story. Maybe I, I don't know why they did what they did. So maybe I need to go and seek out understanding before I just make a quick judgment and make a decision based on this relational thing that happened. No, whatever it is, you got to make sure that you deal with yourself before you make great decisions. You've got to get yourself in a good, great decision-making place in order to make great decisions. You don't make great decisions when you're in a bad place. You don't. When you are, are at your worst and, and, and when you're upset, angry, hurt, offended, uh, your ego's been you know hurt, your, your pride is welling up in you, whatever it is, you are always going to make bad decisions. So how do we make great decisions, John? Be fully alive. Be at your best. 
get in a healthy place, do whatever you've got to do to get yourself back to being on the mountaintop. All right, whether that's taking a walk, taking a break, getting refreshed, going somewhere, whatever it is that is healthy, do something healthy that's going to get you back to being at full batteries, full, fully charged, ready to go. So here's my challenge to you is this, make a decision wisely. Make a decision wisely. Don't make it foolishly when you're upset and you're angry. Make it in a wise place. Make a decision wisely. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful. Listen, just to recap real quick. Number one, how do you make great decisions? You stop making so many decisions. How do you do that? Make a decision limit, right? Give yourself a limit on the decisions you're gonna make and simplify. Two, create a decision clock. That's right, you need to, the challenge is make a decision deadline. Figure out, mark a moment on the clock where you're gonna give yourself, this is when you gotta make that decision by. Number three, don't make decisions alone. Bring others in. So how do you do that? Here's your challenge. Make a decision team for every domain of your life. Have advisors, counsel, people that can speak into that. Number four, discover the data. You gotta get what you need to know to make the decisions. Don't, Don't get too much where you have so much data that you can't even make a decision, but get only what you need. So what's the challenge? Make a decision database. Write it out, mind map it, get it out, pros and cons. Number five, think two steps ahead always. How do you do that? Make a decision premonition. Play out scenarios, move forward. Always think two steps. What's the decision? And then what decision will I need to make after that if that happens? Number six, be fully alive. That's right. Get yourself in a healthy place so that you can make a decision wisely. That's your challenge. Guys, I hope this is helpful to you. Thanks for listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. We will see you next month, and we're going to dive into some more great content to help level you up so that you don't level out in your influence, in your impact. We'll see you guys. Have a great month. Thanks for listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. To get more of John's resources, visit www.johnbarrettleadership.com.